My title this evening is Features of Saving Faith. How do we know that faith is genuine? Somebody says, I have faith. But we don't know until we ask a few questions, until we look to see, have they the evidence of faith? For there is evidence within every believer's life. And so that's what we shall consider this evening. We're going to turn shortly to John 4, but not yet. To John 4, which is a miracle of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the second miracle done in Galilee. I first want you to turn to the final two verses of John's Gospel. This whole account, very often given out in vast quantities, the Gospel of John, it's a wonderful account. It's very different from the other three Gospels. It speaks of the person of Jesus Christ. It gives the evidence for why he is the Savior. And the final two verses of this whole Gospel are very interesting. People say the Bible is fairy tales. They say it's a once upon a time story. Well, that's not what the Apostle John says here. He says in John 21, 24, This is the disciple, speaking of himself, which testifieth of these things. He actually saw. He was there. He was an eyewitness. And there were many, many others. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things and we know his testimony is true. John, out of humility, never mentioned his name. He used expressions like the disciple or the one that Jesus loved, but he's speaking of himself. He says, I saw it. I know it's true. Verse 25, and there are also many other things. This verse used to stagger me as a child. There are many other things which Jesus did. Is this an exaggeration? The which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that the whole world, even the whole world, could not contain the books that should be written therein. You imagine the whole world like one library. Is that exaggeration? Well, it's a figure of speech, we can be sure. But just think a minute. Just think of everything that Christ has ever done. Everything he's made, every prayer that he's perfected, Every miracle that he's done, every prayer that he's answered, every word and encouragement that he's given, every testimony, every evidence, they are billions upon billions. And if you were to write them down, there's not a library in the world that could contain all these things. No, we're not reading an ordinary book. This is a book with not enough pages. A book with truth that is undisputed. It's testified. It's been heard. It's been seen. 
it's described as an infallible proof. When you read this book, you be very careful, and me. This is the word of God. And when we come to a miracle that we do now in John 4, we read of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is history. This isn't once upon a time. This is history. And we can see the Lord Jesus even says so himself. After a few days, verse 43 of John 4, after two days he departed there where he was and he went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified. He's going to give the evidence. That's what a testimony is. It says, I saw, I heard, I am, I was there. So Christ was. And he testifies something interesting. He says, a prophet, that's what he was, prophet, priest, and king, a prophet has no honor in his own country. What does that mean? Well, the Lord Jesus has had to leave Judea, Jerusalem, because he was rejected. The people wouldn't hear him. They wouldn't hear him because that's where he was born and grew up. Bethlehem, Nazareth, that's what's referred to his own country. And his own people rejected him. Just imagine what it was like to be brought up in a town and the people say, no, no, no. And his own family say, no, no, no. So he has to leave them. There was no honor, no respect, no dignity to the Son of God that had grown up in their midst and they had seen the evidence and they rejected him. Verse 45, look at the contrast. Then when he was come into Galilee, not Judea, not Jerusalem, into Galilee, that area around the lake, and the Galileans received him. They shouldn't have done. They didn't really know him. But his own people that knew him rejected him. And so he comes to those that don't know him and they receive him. Do you see the crisscross? The contradiction. But these people here had had the evidence of one miracle. The turning of the water into wine. And that was witnessed by, I don't know, a hundred, two hundred, five hundred more people. And they saw something astonishing and they tasted and saw that the Lord is good. And the wine became the wine that was better than any other wine. Because everything that God does in Christ is better than anything that the world can do. And so he comes to Galilee and we read there was a certain nobleman. Well, that sounds quite grand, doesn't it? The Duke of Bedford or somebody like that. That's not quite what it means. The term here applies to somebody that was in the king's court, probably Herod Antipas. He was the one that was the ruler of that region at the time. He was the king's officer, or the ruler's 
second in charge. That's what it means. He came to a nobleman. Oh, and there's an urgent problem. That's our first point tonight. An urgent problem. Here he is, this man. He's in a wealthy position, a position of responsibility, a position of privilege. But he's got a problem. And you know there are people here tonight. You've got a problem. What have you done about it? A problem that's a matter of life and death. A problem that results in loss of life or the giving of life. No doubt they'd been to the doctors, they'd been to the quacks of the day, they'd tried everything, the nobleman, surely he would have had enough money to have tried everything. And he hears, he hears, verse 47, he hears. That's what happens, isn't it? We hear about Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we like to call him. He's not just a man, he is the Son of God. He heard that Jesus, the one, the one that was at the wedding, that man, yes, that man, out of Judea, into Galilee. Oh, maybe, maybe, could I? Is it possible? Could I go? May I go? Should I go? And he goes. The urgent problem. Everything else has failed. He's at the point of death. What would you do for your child, your boy, your girl? Maybe a little one. Maybe a year old. What would you do? You would do everything. No stone unturned. No channel unexplored. No offer unaccepted, provided it was a reasonable offer. Oh, and this offer, I use the word guardedly, this invitation subliminally to come to the Son of God, the one that's already done astonishing things. Surely, surely you'd go. An urgent problem. But you know, he wouldn't go until he was broken, until he was in despair, until he felt like there was nowhere else to go. Surely he would have tried himself. Surely he would have spent all his money. He would have done everything. But now he's despairing. The days, the hours, the minutes are running out. What can I do? That's where we need to come to tonight. This is the gospel. This is what the prodigal had to feel and to know in his bones. Lost, despairing. The only thing, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea, an urgent problem and now a unique and an available solution. Here comes Christ. He's nearby. Oh, very often the Lord passed by. You think of the blind man, blind Bartimaeus. The Lord passed by and he couldn't even see him. And he ran and ran. He went into the city. He caught him on the outside. He ran quickly, quickly, urgently. And this man, it's similar. 
Verse 47, he went unto him. There was a crowd, no doubt. He's got to push people to one side. Maybe his clothes gave him away that he was a king's officer. Maybe he said, push away, move to one side, I'm coming through. And he besought him. That word is lovely, isn't it? It's not just ask. He came and he implored. It's almost as though he gets down on his knees. He begs, please, please, it's my son. Is it my only son? I don't know. It's my son, he's sick. He's got hours to live. He's on the point of death. Verse 47, please come. No, don't even come, just say the word. That will be enough. And he begins to believe there's, there's something stirring his heart. Maybe regeneration has already come into his heart. He's been born again. He's come to an end of himself. He's seen Christ is the only way. And he comes because Christ has already come his way. But you know, Christ doesn't come all the way. Sometimes we need to go to him. We need to look to him. We need to go to where he is. The Lord gives us the faith. We need to exercise it. We need to have the desire. He gives the desire. He gives the means. He gives the desire. He gives the hearing. He gives the word. And then the man comes. And he begs. And he implores. Oh, look at this earnest Seeker, that's what he is. You can't describe it in any other way. He's seeking, seeking, seeking something that he desperately needs. And he says to this man, he says to the Lord Jesus Christ, please, please, please. And then said Jesus to him, there's going to be a test. Christ doesn't just say, Oh yes, come. No, Christ often tests faith. He wanted to see who touched my garment. He wanted to see if the man would go and wash. He wanted to see if it was genuine, if it was sincere. You see, people say lots of things. Please, please, I feel guilty. Take my guilt away. But there's no repentance. There's no faith in Christ. And so Jesus asks a searching question. He says, unless, unless, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. You're one of those people that want something dramatic. You want a special word. You want a flash in the sky. You want a tingling spine. You want something miraculous. Conversion is two words. Sometimes we make it too hard, don't we? The gospel says, repent and believe. Repent, believe. Turn from your sin. Not just sorry, not just remorse for the consequences of sin, but a turning around, 
are going in a different direction, saying, I hate my sin and I loathe everything about it. Christ says, you just want a miracle. But do you really mean it? Do you really want a new life? Do you really believe my words? Do you really believe that I can heal without going physically? Do you believe what I say now? I'm going to test you a second time. I'm going to say to you, and I mean it, and it's truth, and it will really happen if you believe it. I'm going to say to you, your son is healed now. Do you believe it? Do you believe my word now? That's the test of faith, isn't it? The test of faith is not, do you think I'm a miracle worker? Do you think I'm a person that can lay hands? Do you think I'm somebody that can do wonder-working miracles? That's what people say today. That's not what it says here. Christ wants to test him. Do you believe my word now? Do you believe I'm the Son of God? Do you believe I'm God and man? Do you believe I've got the power to save your son now? Well, he was a seeker. And he's had his faith tested. There's two tests. And then there's the healing. And you know, whenever there's a miracle in the Bible, there's always a spiritual lesson. This isn't really about miracles. It's not really about healing. It's about spiritual life. It's about the salvation of the soul. It's about Christ giving power over sin. It's about a new life. It's about eternal life. And that's what's pictured here. Look beyond salvation and healing. And so Jesus says in verse 50, Jesus says to him, he's read the man's heart. He knows he's sincere. He knows he's believed that minute. Go thy way. Your son is alive. He was at the point of death. And now he has life. And you know he has eternal life. Not just physical life. How do I know that? Because the whole of the man's family, that next day, joined with the son who's been healed. The whole of the family have come to faith in Christ. A whole family, not just one sinner. That man, his son, and the next day, his wife, his daughter, whoever is, the grandma, the granddad, they've come to faith. In Christ, go your way. Now, now we see the evidence of faith. Christ had seen it. Sometimes when a person's converted, we don't see the evidence straight away. The work of God is a secret work. The work of God goes on within. Sometimes it can take many months. John Bunyan, over a year before he had the freedom to say, my burden has come off. Maybe there's somebody here tonight. Ten years, you felt your sin. Ten years, you've been too timid. 
because you thought you needed faith in yourself. But here's what's needed. Verse 50, the man believed the word. That's faith. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. It was personal. And he went on his way. He didn't need to go any further with Christ. He needed to go home. And I believe this man knew in his heart, because he said it, it's as good as done. Jesus says, go your way. Your son's alive. And the man believes it. Verse 51. Now we see the evidence of the man's faith. Sometimes... You think of a woman that conceives, the seed is within, and there's no evidence. Maybe she knows. Maybe the husband. A month, two months, three months, and then there begins to be the show, the evidence. And then everybody can see. And then the new birth is evident. That's what happens here. The man believed. Christ knew. And he goes home. And other people see. Verse 52. Then inquired he of them the hour. When did it happen? When? I can see him. He's walking. He's no longer on the bed. Hardly breathing. Look at him. Running. Jumping. Whatever he's doing. When did it happen? The seventh hour, one o'clock in the afternoon. That's when he spoke to me. Of course it was. And his whole household believed. The father knew. You see, there's the assurance of faith. It doesn't come straight away. We need to see the visible signs. We need to see what the Lord has done within a heart. And there's others to witness it. They see the man, the son, lives and himself believed and his whole house. Sometimes the Lord comes in a wonderful way. Sometimes it's ones and twos. How many in this house? Eight? Ten? You know what happened in those days? Multi-generational living. His whole House, mother, father, children. I don't know how many live there. There were servants there, you can be sure of that. He was the king's officer. They all believed. Oh, nothing's impossible for the Lord. If he can add 3,000 to the church in one day, surely the whole family can come. Surely they can believe. And they did. And the evidence was clear. This is the Son of God. This is the one. And how do we come tonight? We go to Jesus Christ. We take him at his word. We put away all the doubts that have stopped us coming. Why haven't I come? I'm not worthy. No, put that away. You don't have to be worthy. He is worthy. The doubt because I'm too sinful. Oh, none, none, none is too sinful. If the chief of sinners can come, you can come. 
I can't come because I've waited so long all these years and I, I have no other reason to come now. I should have come then. Come now, don't leave it any longer. Do what this man did. Take Christ at his word tonight. His word is true. His word is faithful. His word is attested by every miracle that he's done. John's recorded them. The whole world isn't big enough to record everything that Christ has done for me and for you and for the whole world and for the billions of people that have ever lived in common grace, in particular grace, in providence. The Lord has done wonderful things whereof we are glad and the world isn't big enough. Why won't you come? This man came. This man trusted. This man turned from every wicked way because he must have done. Because the Lord says so. It says he believed. And to believe, you must turn. To believe, you must come to Christ and believe that his death, his wounds, his shed blood, is sufficient, more than sufficient for you and for me, if you will come, even this night. The Father knew. The Father believed. The whole house came. Oh, what rejoicing there would be. You won't make Christ happy tonight. That's a lie. Nobody that makes Nobody that comes to Christ makes him happy. He is happy already. God's happiness doesn't need to be added to. It can't be added to. But there will be rejoicing in heaven tonight over every sinner that comes. And there will be rejoicing here tonight when every sinner comes. This is again the second miracle. They only needed one other miracle in Galilee. Yet we have the testimony of 38 miracles. And we have the whole of the word of God. And we have the evidence maybe of over half the people here tonight that love Christ and that know peace in their heart. What more do you need? This man just needed a word. And he trusted it. And he came. And the half was not told him. And everything he believed was true. And he saw it. Oh, come tonight. Beseech. Implore. Get on your knees tonight. Beg him. Ask for mercy. And the one who is abounding in mercy will come to you personally. This night, let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we see in the kindness of Christ that this man's faith was tested and it was seen to be real because it was in Christ and it was in the word that was spoken. And the man had a changed life and his whole household, he could not stop but to tell everyone within his roof he had to tell the youngest, the oldest. He had to tell the most stubborn. And they all believed. 
Oh, bring, we pray, repentance and faith tonight as we believe that word, that precious word. We pray this in Jesus' name.